Okay, so we're back to Cracks in Postmodernity with David Odyssey, who wrote a really incredible article for the IFI about none other than Britney Spears. So before we jump into the article, David, tell us a little bit about your background. Delighted to be here, longtime listener. Uh, I am uh, I, I am raised in Texas. I, I think I live in New York presently. Right now we're talking from Tel Aviv. Mm. Um, I have been writing since I was 17 for, I started writing for a queer publication in Texas, uh, an LGBTQ publication in Texas about pop culture. And that was back when um, you would get, um, labels would send press CDs to listen to mm -hmm. and then review. So I got to review a lot of really lowbrow, bad stuff and a lot of good stuff. But like I started in that little interregnum between Madonna's Confessions on a Dance Floor and Lady Gaga's debut. Oh, wow. So there was just a lot of like strange Queen Latifah comebacks and oh, like yeah, Sierra vehicles. That. It was, yeah, and, and you know, Kelly Rowland was having her big solo debut. So yep. that's how I started. And uh, I've, I've written about culture pretty much consistently since then. And uh, I was an editor at Time Out New York where I got to write about comedy, things to do, LGBT stuff. And um, I'm currently a columnist at Nylon where I write about astrology and culture. Cool. So you've been a little bit all over the place, but all having to do with pop culture, which we love. Sure. So, um, so the iffy. So I had Brennan on, who's the the editor of the iffy, a couple months ago. But no, so I, I found your article, and as I was saying before, I just like really hit the nail on the head with Brittany. Like it really, you articulated a lot of things that I I was feeling, but wasn't really sure how to put to words. So I, I just want to start reading from the, the first paragraph because I want people to hear this. So, okay, so you have to understand that standum isn't a thing. It hasn't ever been. Stands are by and large a pack of dilettantes. They just want to have something to say and something to represent in an endless media cycle of which we're all suddenly active commentators. Um, but they're really just consumers as bourgeois as the rest of us. Anyone can call themselves Diz nerds on their grinder profiles or draft an erudite tweet about Taylor Swift. But where's the devotion? Fans are something else. They don't want an identity or a hobby. They want God. And then you get into Britney. Um, I'm really curious how you uh, kind of construe this, this idea of the pop star, particularly Britney, as some kind of like spiritual deific entity, like... How did you arrive at that understanding? You and I, first of all, I want to say that you and I, I think we're the same age. I'm 32. No, um, almost 30. So Okay, sorry. But you and I are around the same age. And we came of age at this very um, interesting nexus where the consumerist machine being aimed at teens was kind of at its apex but it hadn't devolved into this kind of Disney Channel gulag factory farm that we have now where mm -hmm. the talent of the star is kind of irrelevant and they're going to move on to something else. Britney Spears is really a, a, a product of the previous century where you did have to have a certain amount of star power for the rest of the machine to roll. So we're talking about basically Michael Jackson and then straight to Britney Spears. You know, mm -hmm. it's that level. Yeah. So 
Britney Spears, to me, there's just, I, I love Ariana Grande. I think she's incredible. Um, but there's something about Britney Spears where if you were a child and you heard her, I was eight when I first heard, when she first came out with Hit Me Baby One More Time. Mm-hmm. It's an epochal moment in your development. And it's this moment of this is my generation's culture. This belongs to me now. Mm-hmm. And because Britney Spears is so talented and because she's so sexual, She's a little bit more than the Spice Girls or the Backstreet Boys. Uh, she's kind of, she's everything. Um, she's a complete object. If she is going to be an object who's sold, she is a complete perfect object in every way. So there's just something about her that felt really big and epochal and generation defining. Yeah, and you say, um, so Brittany landed like Buddha, Moses, Superman figure, a being perfected, one who would lead the battle for an endangered, imagined paradise girlhood. So I think this taps into this um, this kind of eternal archetype of, um, you know, the allure, the mystic, the mysticism of the feminine, but like the, you know, the youthful feminine, the youthful girl um which had... right. i think there's a mary magdalena element there because yeah you know, the other thing is i think for someone like taylor swift who's who's become popular during this like neoliberal girl boss feminist boom that's great mm-hmm. britney spears really exploded and then george bush became president and then 9 11 and then the world turn on her and she became a bad girl. So there's a lot more there of this sort of like, Britney Spears is right there at the death of girl power. The girl power movement we see go down with her and she is this kind of like last messianic figure of it. So with her, the rise and the fall to me are what make her such a a god. Yeah, and the way that you said it, like it made me think a lot about the way Pallia writes about um you know like the archetype of the sacred feminine the femme fatale which you know was one of britney's album titles but you see that she's not selling this neoliberal feminist type of narrative she's like you know a truly sexual woman a sexual girl mind you which already is kind of controversial um but again like that sex power of the woman has uh it's alluring like there is it points to something beyond this material level it points to something metaphysical which i think is part of why she becomes this like religious figure in a way the spiritual figure right yeah first of all you're the one who got me obsessed with camille paglia and like i i listened to one of your episodes and then i got her book from the library and i I read sexual persona then i bought it so thank you Mm -hmm. um yeah i think the what's really at stake with Britney Spears is sex and consumerism, which is so archetypal of, yes. So Ariana Grande, when she releases Dangerous Woman, it's a great album and like it is quote unquote sexy, but Britney Spears is, there is something going on of, I am a pure object of consumption. I am on, you know, the Pepsi Super Bowl commercial and now I'm going to unleash my sexuality in a way that it can't be bottled and contained, a la the Spice Girls, etc. And even like with Whitney Houston, who had to play straight, Britney Spears unleashes this thing, and it is very 
volcanic and Chthonian and Scorpionic, which is like, you wanted to pay for sexuality, I'm going to grant your wish and here are the consequences, which is, yes, it's, it's, it's everything you just said with Palia. So it's, it's much more, um, it's really dangerous in that way. Yeah, and it's affirming that there is such a thing as nature as opposed to, I don't know, like Palia juxtaposes this pagan understanding of nature, even the Judeo-Christian one, with, again, this like very enlightenment Rousseauist understanding of like, you know, everything's a tabula rasa, everything's socially constructed, but no, like Brittany is, like, it's this the pure sex power of the woman, which may not be politically correct, but again it doesn't fail like it, it continues she continues to attract people even if it's not you know right or you know exactly exactly um and with christina aguilera it's interesting they're both sagittarius's and they both you know debuted at the same time christina aguilera is really such a voice and she's so mm -hmm. talented and yes christina aguilera went through her sleaze era which is so iconic and i love the dirty video the thing with christina aguilera i think because she's such a voice and there's a lot of strange race stuff that happened around yes. her imaging it, it it's not as cohesive britney spears there's some sort of an authority there and you know i'm in tel aviv and they have mtv europe here and mtv europe it's only music videos mm -hmm. that's all day and i Oops, I did it again, came on today while really? I was um, vacuuming. And there's just, it, it all kind of comes together there. And then when she decided, not when she decided, when she was branded as a villain, and when she started to become, you know, this, this great provocateur, she's able to take that consistency through the dancing, the music, all of it, to keep hitting the nail on the head in a way that really frightened and terrified people. So, yeah, it, it's really it's all centralized in her yeah but I, I feel like with christina the dirty phase was very forced i feel like it was yeah. like she just made such a thing out of it whereas for britney it was just like she just did it and it was what it was but also with the voice thing um yeah christina forces the voice it's like okay we understand you have a powerful voice and you're drawing from the black spiritual tradition but like you have no control over it. You just keep doing it to prove that you have this voice. Whereas Brittany, like Brittany's just a persona. Like it's not her voice. The dancing's okay, but she doesn't like, she's not a musician per se. She's just this public figure. And that's why it's so, I think it's like, it's the artifice of it all that makes it so fascinating. Whereas Christina, like, okay, we know that you, you can sing and maybe you can write some songs. Cool, but there's exactly. nothing that exceptional about that there's something about her and you know i love madonna madonna goes through all sorts of different artistic phases and kind of characters but she to me is still an artist first mm -hmm. britney spears is very much like debuting in this josie and the pussycats era of like i know i'm an object this is my persona but also I've got everything it takes to keep this train rolling. So it's, it's, yeah, you're right. She, she's a persona first that's then supported by talent. And mm -hmm. the persona is bigger than life. The yes. persona is threatening and um, incandescent and um, alluring and exciting. And the fact that it's so artificial, we could say like, 
I think this is why it speaks so much or spoke so much to our generation that like the fact that consumerism can produce a figure like this, you know, like it really speaks to our times. But I, I want to hear more um, what you have to say about the spiritual void that you think she filled. Like, what, what did you see in our generation that was kind of longing for this type of deific figure? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that um, there was a lot of excitement around the girl power era. And mm. then we see that there's a huge, we, go, we entered into a huge backlash decade with the 2000s. Mm -hmm where it all kind of comes crashing down and things become um, hyper-masculinized and there's the emo movement, but um, it becomes a really joyless, colorless time. Britney Spears represents this kind of um, pure personification of girl power that gets ramped up a little to a higher form of agency and danger and power, like the actual power of it. You know, the Spice Girls I love, but Britney Spears, there's really a deeper embodiment. Mm -hmm. So I think for gay boys, and I also think for girls, she's this thing that we could be obsessed with who is, um, who is so her videos are so much about this power she has and because her dancing is so perfect you know oops i did it again we see her like uh you know shutting down this astronaut who tries to who brings her the the diamond from titanic yeah. and she's not even interested you know there is it, it, it's this sense of we're this generation who are marketed to because um uh, corporate America understood that tweens and teens had their parents' money and could spend it. Britney Spears is saying like, I get that, but I'm also, I'm actually gonna sell you an authentic image of power that you can not aspire to, but truly worship. Because someone like Whitney Houston or Celine Dion, you love the music, but I don't think they have this, this figure of perfection. And Britney Spears does embody this ideal that is um whole and untouchable yeah and i think that's what what is so uh that that's what was so intoxicating i don't know if that touches on it i think there's probably more yeah no i think that makes sense um but then you talk a lot about all the fans that start you know start the hashtag free britney campaign and then go into protest what do you see in this? The fact that like fans will go so far as to fly out to wherever to protest for her. Like, what do you see happening there? This gave me a huge amount of hope because I, you know, a lot of what I write about in the piece is how um, Britney Spears comes from this, Britney Spears harkens back to this time of like, you would have a Britney poster above your bedroom ceiling. You would have all of her albums. You'd have all the merchandise. Like, there was this real devotion that I also find very spiritual of like, because you and I come from this nineties consumerist time, like that is the religion is like yeah. buying this, buying um, images and, and uh, idols of this, of this messianic figure. So there's this deep devotion to her. And, you know, a lot of what I, what I complain about in the article is this very surface fandom that, you know, I talk about like, 
on Grinder, gays can just say that they're like a Marvel nerd, and it's like, <laughs> are you? Like, what does that mean? Okay, I can go for hours about that. Brittany, um, her fans, there's this sense of like, I have been obsessed with you from the moment I heard you. I have all your tapes. I'm devoted to you. And now I'm going to prove it, not just by consuming you, but by like getting involved in the stakes of your life, which are, it's very bizarre and violating that they did that. But it's also kind of hopeful because it's saying, all right, these people aren't just consumers. They actually want, they want to ensure some, Mm-hmm. vitality and joy for this person and they want to speak for her freedom so it, it is very exciting because it's showing some sort of a dialogue or a two-way exchange with fandom yeah and i was also going to ask you because recently she's posted some you know when she does these weird shit posts on instagram yeah. and it's like you know this incoherent blob of text but several times she's referenced something about converting to catholicism which like a lot of people started talking about and i tried to figure out i mean i've seen several people like her have these kinds of religious conversions like you see Lindsay becoming muslim um and mind you like most of these pop stars grew up evangelical or some type of religious but what I what's interesting to me is that like with what you're saying about the devotion of the fans, like when I was growing up, I couldn't have articulated this at that age, but like I definitely felt this spiritual void. And for me, these pop stars definitely filled it in. So, again, it wasn't merely a consumerist experience. Like I wanted to give my life to something. I wanted to be part of something. Yes. And I eventually like after getting more involved in like institutional religion, I found that like devotion to the saints kind of filled that void in a similar way that the celebrities did so like you know you can buy a poster of Brittany and then you can buy a statue or a painting of a saint and you can go on a pilgrimage to see their relics you go yeah. you know protesting for for Brittany like it's interesting how in our consumerist age these very physical manifestations of spiritual religious devotion you know I I think I think something about the consumerist ethos um makes you want to have that very physical very tactile experience of spirituality whether it's through worship of a celebrity or of some actual religious figure so i don't know i just wonder like when she says like oh i'm converting to catholicism it's like i mean it sounds crazy but there is a weird convergence i don't know what you thought when you saw that well first you know as an aside what you're really making me think about too is um i think her womanness back to palia like because Britney Spears is so embodied woman, it brings in a lot more to me, spiritual fervor in that she has this Lilith incarnate Aphrodite sexuality that I think mm-hmm. it, it it's a more immediate experience than someone like Taylor Swift, who I'm kind of like, you are girl playing woman and I'm not having a, you know, you are not Michelle Pfeiffer, you are not Cher, you are not that thing, that sort of a diva. So I just want to say that. And secondly, I mean, the best part about, not the best part, and I'm not workshopping her her very harrowing court testimony, but the part that really like got me was when she says that she doesn't believe in therapy, she just takes it up to God. Because, you know, she is 
who is Britney Spears going to talk to that's going to have any objectivity yeah. about her? She's too big. So of course she has to take it straight up to God. So yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that uh, she would go to Catholicism. And I think that Catholicism, for someone like her, I think that the rigidity of Catholicism would give her some um, really useful friction. I don't think Britney Spears belongs... Britney Spears is like a Shirley Temple type or, um, mm -hmm. in that she like has worked since she was a child and was exploited by her family. So I don't really see her like going to this like very soft uh, self-indulgent wellness movement. You know, she's like a country Christian who's worked her whole life. So I think Catholicism would be really great for her because there is, there's challenge and friction and, um, kind of hardness that I, I would see being really alluring to someone like her. But also like the appreciation of the sacred feminine, which you don't have in like, like evangelical Christianity, problem. like you have Mary and Mary Magdalene and you know, there's definitely That's, something there. I agree. And the problem with things the way they are now it, not the problem with things the way they are now. I just think the current culture has neutered the sacred feminine. Mm -hmm. um, and and Palia did a did a great piece on this, I think, for the Hollywood Reporter recently mm -hmm. about how like there are no women screen sirens anymore. There are only mm -hmm. trans women who play screens who who can do that, like India more on pose, because it's been so thoroughly neutered. And I could I think Britney Spears, and this is why Madonna will always come back. Madonna figured out how to tap into that Catholic womanhood, mm -hmm. um, which it, it's already on its way back now. Like now that we're entering another backlash decade, it's already coming back. So yeah, I think the Catholicism is brilliant. So then I have a question more general about fandoms. Like you highlight how Oof. for Brittany, like it's a lot of girls and gays who are attracted to that kind of figure. And like, I think if you look at most straight men, like there's definitely some sense of devotion to like sports figures or even, or you, you know, you mentioned um, Eminem and like other kinds of figures like that. But do you think the way the devotion to these figures manifest is different for these different types of gender groups or whatever? I have to say, yes. Um, you know, there's, of course, the famous part in the Fran Lebowitz public speaking documentary where she talks about how AIDS wiped out um, this great critical audience. Mm -hmm. She's taught, you know, when you go to a Charlie XCX concert or a Rina Sawayama concert, those gays know every song mm -hmm. and can talk about it. And whether the album is good or bad, they'll be loyal but there is a really big critical discourse happening. So I just think it's a little bit different than, uh, than I think that there's a, okay, for instance, I'm in Tel Aviv right now, Maroon 5 came, the tour sold out, they added a second night, it wow. sold out, they added a third night. This is from Maroon 5 who like, oh. You know, show me someone who's like on their hands and knees ripping out their hair for Maroon 5. You know what I mean? Hard. There's something else that happens though when I went to a Caroline Polachek concert or, you know, that sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. Or when I, I, I went to Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill 25th anniversary and that was all about these women who were in it. 
it's yeah. just a little bit more there is this sense of like this voice this color and this expression is all i have and i'm going to really honor it and worship it and take it so seriously mm -hmm. you know it's much it's it's so devoted which is what shocked me when taylor swift has become so big in the gay community because i see her as so broad that it's shocking to me that there's that same level of like i need to pick apart every lyric and this person is saving my life i just don't see that i don't get that but it's clearly there yeah so now that you bring up other artists i'm curious to hear more of your thoughts because like you know you said with celine and whitney what the big draw is the voice the songs not as much you know the artifice the persona which is you know it makes sense um yeah with taylor i've never been drawn to her i mean i don't see what the attraction is at all she's you know rapid um yeah i mean i in the beginning i heard some people say she was actually good at songwriting i don't i've never paid attention okay more interested in what you would have to say about ariana because i think she's fascinating i don't like mm, I don't think she's a, would ever be at the caliber of a Britney, but like, I think she's fascinating to analyze because she's really a sign of the time. So I don't know. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm also, she's, she's a tricky one because I love her. She's great. Um, and I think she's very smart and playful and she's quite cunning and um it, 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 which i love all of those mm -hmm. i think that there's and by the way britney spears comes from the mickey mouse club so i'm not trying to say that britney spears was this like original event and she's not out of some machine there's something about ariana that she seems she emerges out of the disney channel industrial complex mm -hmm. and she she's a little bit girl world and when I say girl world, you know, again, I love girl power and Britney Spears is part of girl power. So I'm not against that, but she's a little bit, there's always going to be something to me that's a little less like um, sexual woman who threatens the matrix and a little bit more like very smart, self-aware product. Britney Spears to me really, like if you were, if you were around in 2002, Britney Spears was a threat to the entire Bush era paradigm. Ariana Grande to me, I think is really good at going with the current. Mm -hmm. um, and she's, she's less, she's less indelible to me because she's less um, iconoclastic. Why do you say that about Britney and the Bush era? So, Britney Spears is the final, the, she is the final perfect creation of girl power. We have like Spice Girls, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Xena Warrior Princess, Britney Spears comes. Mm -hmm. Shortly after, Britney Spears is very sexual, more than before. And then shortly after we plunge straight into the 2000s backlash era, mm -hmm. where we're seeing this sudden rise of like, life swap and you know hyper conservatism and you know there's a lot of focus on pregnancy and motherhood and girl power really just vanishes mm -hmm. britney spears goes on track she stays on course she's so popular that she doesn't really go down and now her actions start to become 
threatening and um, she's gone too far. She's messy. You know, she starts to bite back a little bit. The videos are starting to be deemed like way too controversial. All of these things that were tongue in cheek are now becoming really like considered um, she's gone too far. And you just see that as someone like Jessica Simpson is debuting, like as, as we're seeing the kind of boring pop stars of the 2000s, Britney Spears is like, I'm going on this ride. What do you mean girl power's over? I'm gonna keep going. Like, there's just something about her that's really her her, her marriage, the, the fact that she doesn't really care about being a virgin anymore, all the shit she gets down into, all the controversy. It's 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 right before Paris Hilton emerges. And Paris Hilton is really wielding it differently. But Britney Spears is the one who's kind of like rattling at the cage, it feels like, you know? Yeah, because with Ariana, first, I think there's something to be said about the difference between these Disney stars and the Nickelodeon stars, because there's definitely less, there's something missing from the Nickelodeon stars. Mm. Um, but also, I mean, Ariana's a singer coming from the tradition of Mariah and Whitney and Celine. Yeah. Um, but in terms of her image, I find it to be really vapid, boring. I mean, she's she like plays up the girl power, the dangerous woman, but I don't see her tapping into any like archetype of the sacred feminine. Like she's there's nothing um, truly womanly about her. And I think it's, I mean, I don't want to say it like that, but there's, she, I just feel like she's not connected to any sense of the eternal archetype of the woman. Um, you know who, if, if we want to talk about, you know, a really great precedent for uh, an antecedent for Britney Spears is Selena Quintanilla. Selena, yeah. the, the, the queen of Chicano, you know, you will see until you and I are dead, there will be you will see people wearing Selena t-shirts yes. who will, will in a Catholic way, like will light a candle for her. You know what I mean? She, Selena, who really had a brief time, did really embody some sort of a raw, ethnic, cultural sexuality that spiritually you immediately understand. And I think Madonna has gone through phases of that too, and yeah. Britney too, and I agree with you. Ariana, I think, has everything, but I think the she's not necessarily embodying a larger a larger force, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I see her as like the embodiment of the internet era because she's just like she is Instagram Barbie. Like she is like all the hashtags, all the filters um yes which is like it's cute it's hype but there's no depth again not tapping into any larger historical kind of uh reality um but also what i find most fascinating is that like she like she'll post about the social issue du jour but she plays this game with cultural appropriation, which I think is kind of funny because like she's Italian American, like sometimes she'll play it up. Sometimes she'll talk about like, you know, I'm an Italian girl, not in the way Madonna did, but then, you know, like she is using, you know, kind of black singing style. She uses trap and R&B in her songs. And Latina, um, certainly. Like she, yeah, like she plays she, a lot of Latina stuff too. She does that she'll then she does the asian fishing with the eyes and it's just it's for me it's like 
she'll like she'll say how woke she is and she'll you know post all the the hashtag pride and uh you know black lives matter stuff but then it's like she'll appropriate these cultures and she'll laugh at you because she's like well i'm i'm gonna do it because i can and what are you gonna do like you can you know vulture can write an article condemning me but how are you gonna stop me you can't stop me like i am ariana yes uh and there's been some of that with selena gomez too yeah it feels it doesn't actually i don't know with someone like britney spears or Alanis Morissette, there's this thing of like, I can see how in your music and your image and your persona, this is what you represent and this is what you threaten. You know, this is your, this is the thing you're doing that's, and, and with Madonna too, this is the thing you're doing that's pissing people off. With Ariana, it, it's almost, it's this collage of cultural, of cultural aesthetics mm -hmm. that she's kind of, seeping through and blurring through and it can be offensive but frankly like none of it is even that intrinsic to who she she is mm -hmm. so it, i don't think it's ever going to be like truly controversial because like britney spears is sex this is always going to be a problem madonna is like religious imagery that gets fucked up that's mm -hmm. always going to be a problem Ariana, it's what you said. It's very du jour. It's like she's doing trap now. Okay, she's singing in Spanish now. Like she's always going through a different phase, but it's not. I don't really know what her intrinsic, like, what the element is that she that that she embodies that is going. I don't to think be. there's any intrinsic. Right. I think that's why she's so empty. But I don't know. Like I just think that her switching between these cultures like this is the kind of globalist fluidity of the internet age like yes on the surface you'll promote all the issues du jour but in reality like it's always liquid it's always changing there's no sense of fixity in a particular tradition or an ideal um so i don't know i just i think she really represents our age um i agree um yeah. And you know what's interesting? I don't know why this is popping into my head and this is a whole nother conversation, but like there was this interesting period when Lena Dunham and Taylor Swift were friends and Lena Dunham was reportedly like teaching Taylor Swift about feminism. And what's interesting is that Lena Dunham went down and Lena Dunham to me is really a clear, I understand what she represents. I understand what her art did and I really understand why it pissed people off and why it threatened people and why they had to kind of take her down. Taylor Swift, you look at her quote unquote feminism and it's like, okay, I don't really know what this is about. You don't know what this is about either, clearly. So yeah, Taylor Swift is never going to be exciting or dangerous to me. And it shocks me when people are mesmerized by her every move. And I've had people say to me like, well, you know, she might be closeted. You know, that's what she's hinting at at the lyrics. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay what kind of even if she came out as a lesbian tomorrow like she wouldn't be a she wouldn't be threatening or yeah. dangerous you know she wouldn't be fitting any archetype so yeah. okay yeah mm. let's take it back a little bit to mariah what are your mm. initial thoughts on mariah see mariah to me is um <laughs> a classic 
a classic, a, a real classic diva. Um, yeah. Like she really is of a different era. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily connect with her the same way that I would with like a Cher or a Barbara Streisand, uh-huh. but Mariah is, yeah, I think she's the real deal. I think she is so outrageous um, that she's so outrageous in everything she says that she's kind of more of a comic character to me. I mean, obviously I, I love her music and the talent, but like her beefs are so out, so ridiculous and silly that they're, they're their own form of entertainment, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think she embodies a lot of important archetypes because first, like she draws a lot on the old Hollywood divas, specifically Marilyn Monroe she's taking from the black spiritual tradition which she grew up in um also the more modern like hip-hop kind of you know street tradition but then camp like she is i mean true embodiment of the camp diva like the way that she starts all this beef and the way that she's over the top on purpose um she knows she's ridiculous like all put together i think it's a fascinating combination I agree. You know, she's an Aries similar to Joan Crawford and Betty Davis, and there's something there in that way. And she she is a real showgirl. You know, when you look at Mariah Carey, she's a show pony, and she is going to be an entertainer her whole life. There are some of the other girls where I'm like, you are a celebrity. I, and, and you're a performer, but you're really a celebrity. Mariah, I'm not saying she's an artist. I'm first. I'm saying she's like a showgirl, and and she's in that world of you know. Of course, she had a feud with Aretha Franklin. Like that's her milieu, and it is. There's something a little bit more um, endearing about that to me than maybe a Disney Channel star who's then a singer and then an actress. Like Mariah is just kind of tied to this rocket, you know? Yeah, a lot of people hate her. I think part of it is like the campy things, like they find it to be insufferable. But I always remind people, like, even if you hate the persona, like the woman's actually talented because she can sing and she also writes her own songs. And the lyrics are very interesting. They're very... Like the like hero and all those, like the Diane Warren, like those are stupid. I don't care for those. But like the real album cuts that she writes are like very profound, like the way she plays with words and people don't seem to pick up on that. I mean, you know, you'll always be a part of me. I'm part of you indefinitely. It's like, where Mm -hmm. would you even think of that? But there's something about her tawdriness that I find really endearing. And I also find really archetypal, which is like, there is this kind of it's very italian to me but there's like this this hoochie not hoochie but this very like um kind of cheapness to her aesthetic that is very relatable and i think all sorts of people can get behind that and there's something with the internet girls i i i really like what you're saying about the internet era there's a little bit of a superiority to the internet girls and there's a little bit of a like I'm just trying this look on, but it's a joke and I'm kind of like winking about it as I appropriate it. With Mariah, there's like an authentic tackiness that Mm -hmm. is really, um, that is 
beautiful and I think a little bit more indelible because it's like this is real you know yeah I think she's the campiest of these divas like she's yeah. most conscious of it but um exactly yeah before we go back to Brittany last question about Beyonce versus Rihanna because this is something I've been observing our generation our age group majority of people favor Beyonce they see her to be more interesting more talented more relatable younger people maybe 10 or 15 years younger seem to agree that Rihanna is much more interesting I have very little interest in Rihanna I mean I think yeah like there are certain archetypes certain imagery that she uses that are yeah like you know interesting in a way but like the woman herself I have no I don't relate but I, I want to hear what you have to say about it. That's so interesting. I think on the inverse, I mean, we're looking, of course, at Beyonce, Virgo, uh, Rihanna, Pisces, the age old battle, but Beyonce, t listen, I, I'm from Houston. I grew up on Destiny's Child. Mm -hmm. I love all of it, but Beyonce is a sphinx to me. And mm -hmm. especially with the last 10 years of music, she's really very sharply aligned with a very um a very powerful revolutionary feminism but it, it puts her at such a level that she is no longer human and she is fully an archetype like she she really is just um a model um rihanna to me there's a messiness there and there's a bit more of an attitude there and you know when rihanna went public about uh, the abuse she suffered from chris brown and then got back with chris brown there was a lot of humanity there where you understood like oh this isn't just a show she's kind of figuring shit out and i think as she's become this mogul i there's something a little bit relatable about her which is that she has a bit of a flair and a bit of a joy. Um, Beyonce is perfect. She, she is absolute perfection. And I often find I'm missing the camp aspect. Okay. Like Beyonce and her fandom, unless you talk about Destiny's Child, which I can for hours, mm -hmm. the camp is gone. It's, yeah. It is gone. It is, we are in a very self-serious era, which is okay. But we are in an era of Beyonce has released an album. Now it's time for the Jezebel articles, you know, mm -hmm. and that's just the world we live in, which is fine. I it's harder for me to access that. Okay, that makes sense. Because I mean, my take on it first on the musical level, I think we see two main phases. First is um, she's drawing more on traditional styles of music coming from you know black american tradition more soul funk hip-hop etc um and she was trying to sing like i don't think she's yeah. the most powerful vocalist but you know she was definitely singing then you have the you know self-titled beyonce album when she starts doing this like very edgy more trap more like sexual club stuff yeah. um where she's rapping now she's not even singing and it seems like this is her desperate attempt to try to remain relevant amongst young younger audiences and like 
she maintains the whole feminist girl power thing throughout her her, her whole career but i think it's become so um affected that people don't really buy it anymore like we know beyonce is gonna have a song about women and it's gonna be like i think people are bored with this kind of moralistic um you know parade of social justice feminism i don't know it's like who in music and art like okay we want something more spicy something more exciting um i think her music videos have been interesting in that they're like really artfully curated i think she's an excellent curator mm -hmm. i do think that yeah i think her and i think her releases are events but i do miss yeah, I miss atmosphere and I miss like joy and color and, and, and camp. So yeah, I agree with you. It's, um, it feels, everything feels very driven and causal and often political. Mm -hmm. And that can feel, um, a little bit like I need someone to let the air out. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. It's, it, it makes me miss like the pop. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense um okay so back to britney controversial question what do you say to the kind of conspiracy theories that she's an mk ultra victim that she's being mind control what do you make of that can you explain what mk ultra is mk ultra it's like basically this government or like i don't know cia invented this way of like i guess mind controlling victims with I don't know, some kind of procedure. Right. And I mean, they say that a lot of like major record labels will use this on their most popular stars to kind of keep them under control. And then, and the way you know that someone's a victim is that like, there'll be certain symbols in their videos or in their photo shoots, but then they'll have big public breakdowns. And uh, like the press will chalk it up to like, oh, mental health awareness, Britney's overwhelmed, she's bipolar. But the conspiracy theory is like, okay, she's under this mind control and she's like glitching now. And that's why she shaved her head and is stabbing the car with the umbrella. Mm. I don't know. I see merit in it. I mean, I don't want to go on record like, you know, saying it's all real, but I definitely think perhaps there's something. There, I think there are certain patterns with certain celebrities that are undeniable. I don't know. There's something about her breakdown though that is also um so large and explosive that it feels it, it's more dramatic it's more cinematic and if she is this mind control victim like watching her rattle against the cage and you know this is also just very much having her sexuality again we're back in the archetypal realm of watching mm -hmm. this woman have her sexuality try to be caged up and watching her rattle at the cage yeah. that's always going to be more interesting to me than like i feel so bad saying this but like you know demi lovato recently came out as non-binary and <laughs> like my roommate and i just rolled our eyes which i feel terrible saying that but it's so just like okay good for you girl with britney spears it was like she is in the fight of her life right now and yeah. I'm there with her. So I kind of love that, you know, if we can bring the CIA into this, that makes it even bigger. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I love it. I mean, with Janet Jackson, we saw it was way bigger than we thought it was. And mm -hmm. I, I embrace that. So 
Yeah, because like even if it's not this whole government plot, whatever, I I have to say like I see this pattern with the pop stars having the public breakdowns. Like it definitely seem a lot of it seems planned. A lot of it seems like this mm -hmm. big public display, the spectacle. Um, which again, like to me, it's funny when people do the whole hashtag mental health awareness thing. Because like sure, maybe they're all a little mentally ill, but like. There must be more to these pop stars breaking down that they're like, oh, the industry's overwhelming. Like something, something's up with the way that they're handled, the way that they're, you know. Yes. Those sorts of things too, you want to ask questions about like, if these people are at the helm of these huge machines, these huge press machines, mm -hmm. these labels, like, why is this sort of thing being being released to us? Like why are we seeing this as opposed to other things we never are supposed to see? Like, I think there are bigger questions to ask there too, which is like, someone knows this is happening and there is a profit there. So I agree with you about that. Yeah. So I have a final question, much easier to answer. Which is your favorite Britney album? Mm, Blackout. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Blackout then, okay, then what's the second favorite? Ooh, um, Blackout, let me, let me just double check because um, I don't want to, I don't want to regret it. Um, okay. There's something about Blackout to me that also speaks to a certain kind of authenticity of the yes. fandom. Oh yeah, In the Zone, In the Zone's my second Really? Why? Yeah, that was just, it was so exciting um it, you know we had oh yeah me against the music toxic outrageous um boom boom um it, there was just this sense i remember being like this is a whole new era mm -hmm. it felt like it was really tuned into the new century like it didn't mm -hmm. feel like an, a, a rehashing of 1999 it was like oh shit we're in a new century it felt really um she really was singular at that point. I mean, there was just no one else like her doing that. And the videos too were just like really out of nowhere. What about you? What are your favorites? Mine is Blackout. Cause that was, yeah. um, I, I mean, I think the production's fascinating because a lot of those songs were Danger Hands who was a protege of Timbaland who I think Timbaland is one of the greatest producers along with Missy Elliott of our time. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But yeah, the production's fascinating because you have this mix of this like dirty club with a little bit of hip hop with like, it's fascinating. But the themes also, um, they're just fun. They're they're not conventional. In the zone. And Blackout's kind of ridiculous too because Blackout, yeah. by the time she's making these club tracks, we know she's not going to any club. You know what I mean? This yeah. is like post-breakdown. <laughs> so there is this kind of, desperation that I think is really relatable especially if you're like a closeted teen or something of like this album is pure fantasy like yeah. this is really about um delusion but in a beautiful way so I love I that sorry that. yeah no in the zone I can't relate to I mean toxic sure is a classic but the rest of the songs I never really got into it I think for me, it's Britney. I think it's the third mm. album. Um, again, I'm I'm very drawn to production. So a lot of that was Pharrell, Dark Child, 
Right. Uh, I like that um, like early 2000s R&B hip hop sound. Fuck, no, it's mm. such a good album. <laughs> and it's interesting because Slave for You was originally for Janet and she turned it down. Oof. Yeah. Um, I could hear Janet singing it. She could have been good. Um, I agree. Um, wow. But no, you're right. Britney is, and Britney is a really massive moment. Um, I mean, it is yeah. new century and those music videos, it was like, okay, here we go. You know, the, the, um, I'm a slave for you music video. You just couldn't get away from it. Yeah, um, and the themes like, you know, the excitement of womanhood of becoming a more of a, like consciously becoming a sexual figure, but then like the doubts of like, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman, like I'm in between. I don't really know if I'm mature enough yet to call myself a woman. Um, You're right, and overprotected. You're right, there's a really beautiful duality there. Yeah. Um, and I, again, wow. I think the production embodies that tension, that kind of heat, that excitement that the, the yes. earlier albums didn't like they were like, again, it was the girly aesthetic. It was like the sexy schoolgirl, but now it's like I'm a woman and it's exciting and it's dramatic and it's sexual tension, but it's also scary. I agree, actually, you know, now that I'm I'm reviewing when you look at Baby One More Time or Oops, I Did It Again, they are so good. They are really riding out of the 90s. There is something about Britney that is like, oh shit, she's 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 taking us beyond. Um, that I could see if you were Mandy Moore or Christina Aguilera, I would have a panic attack if I yeah. saw that album come out. Yeah. So I agree with you. Awesome. So before we go, dude, anything you want to plug? Oh, um, uh, yes. Yeah. So I I have a column for Nylon, and I've written more for Iffy. Uh, all my pieces are at davidodyssey.com. And um, outside of that, I, I have a podcast, The Luminaries. If you go to my website, davidodyssey.com, you will discover all sorts of things. So I recommend it. Awesome. Well, David, thank you for coming on. This was a great pleasure for me. Thank you. Uh